Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Well, the coach the show that celebrates every single morning the people who are making coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. You know, when I look back on on shows like recent shows, if I just like go look at the last two weeks, for example, you know, I I don't have to I don't have to look far to find inspiration just about every single day. In fact, I find inspiration every day. Because there are so many people who are dedicated to making Coastal Mississippi such a great place. And I get the honor of, of having great conversations with them, learning from them, becoming a better leader myself. And uh, that's that's so cool. That's so cool. Um, hey, by the way, I got up this morning. I wear a Fitbit watch, and I've done this for many years. I used to do the Nike app on my phone. So when I ran... I had to have my phone with me, and it would track, you know, how far I ran. And I got up to nearly 2,000 miles of running over two or three years. And um, but then I got the I got the Fitbit watch. Well, I love the Fitbit watch. One of the reasons I like it, I had an Apple watch, but one of the reasons I like the Fitbit watch over the Apple watch is that when you charge it. You can wear it for like four or five days before you have to charge it again. And with the Apple Watch, it kind of burns through the battery pretty quickly, so you got to take it off. And what I like about the Fitbit Watch is I get a chance to kind of track my sleep at night. You know, it lets you know whether you're in REM sleep or whether you're awake or whether you're light sleeping or whether you're deep sleeping. And uh, well, it might not always be perfect. What I love about it, actually, is that it, it, it takes that information to a database and it compares it with people your age. So I don't know, hundreds of thousands of people. I don't know how many people, but people your age. So it gives you what the norm is for people your age, and it gives you a sense of how you're doing compared to them. It, it does. What I really like about it is it checks your resting heart rate. One of the really key components of working out is that when you have as long as I had, I started in 1980. My dad died in 1979. In 1980, I started exercising. And other than a couple of surgeries along the way, and one of them related to exercising, I might add. <laughs> but anyway, um, but other than a couple of surgeries along the way, I haven't missed a week of, of uh, working out since 1980. So you just kind of do the math on that. That's a long time. And one of the benefits of of long-term uh, exercises that it reduces your resting heartbeat. And in my case, I uh, checked last night, incidentally, and my resting heartbeat last night was 44 beats a minute, which is really rare for a guy my age. <laughs> very, very rare. But it compares you against other guys your age, and it gives you sort of a, a, um, a score on heart health. And uh, in my case, thank God I'm off the charts. And for someone who's got like coronary artery disease in my family, um, that's one of the reasons why I have been really focused on that. And, you know, I, I love to hunt and fish. I love to do things that involve physical activity. And, uh, you know, I, I want to be able to enjoy my grandkids. I don't want to be rickety. <laughs> of course, you get, you get rickety as you grow old. There's just nothing you can do about that. So I got, an, I got a text this, or actually a, a, an email this morning from Fitbit. And... What it said is that I had won the Great Wall badge. You know, it, what it does, it tracks all this stuff, and it gives you these little things that, along the way. And what it was for for walking or running 5,500 miles since I put on my Fitbit. And uh, so the, essentially, if you were to w walk the Great Wall of China, you would get 
you know, you would get this badge. And so I've, I have done the equivalent to that in walking or running since I started wearing my Fitbit. And, um, I told my wife, Ann, this morning, I love it because it, it helps kind of track what I'm doing. And I want to make sure that I'm measuring something today, whether it's a long walk or whether it's working out with weights, uh, which I do three days a week or what it, whatever it is. I'm, I'm very focused on it. For, I'll give you a quick example. If I'm at the hunting camp up in the Delta, I'll, um, when I could take the four-wheeler somewhere to check something, I'll, I'll walk instead. And so it's not unusual for me on a weekend to, to get 20,000 steps a day. And that's a lot of miles I might add if you, if you were to add all that up. But, um, you know, I've, in my conversation with Robbie D'Angelo, we talk a little bit about this. But from time to time, I'll share my own personal journey. And, you know, I got the Great Wall badge, and I'm kind of proud of that, 5,500 miles. Anyway, now let's move over to my friend. Paige Roberts, uh, the CEO from the Jackson County Chamber, a good friend of Coastview, someone I haven't checked in with in a few weeks. And let me just say, first of all, good morning to you, Paige. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. How are you, Ricky? I'm doing good. Well, look, you people who don't remember this, you were involved in the uh, Red Cross for a number of years. So when I'm talking about someone my age and my resting heartbeat and the, my commitment to exercise and all that, you you know a lot about that. Look at you, yeah. So. Uh, I, I was laughing as or smiling as I listened to you because I had a Fitbit. I have changed over to the Apple Watch, but I um, too uh, am keen on what my resting heart rate is, and I'm very jealous of yours. Um, mine is closer to the high fifties. But it's still it's still pretty good. It's just not as impressive as yours. <laughs> well, I mean, look, it's um, I think this this new technology, whether you're wearing an Apple Watch or Fitbit or other options that are available to you today, what what technology has done and how it ties into an app on your phone. If you're, you know, Robbie always said that um, don't get caught up in the complexity of working out. He said, look, if you haven't done it before, we were talking, he and Kyle and I were talking one day and he said, just go for a long walk. Just drink a lot of water. Focus on getting a good night's sleep and learning how to get a good night's sleep. If you just do those three things, you're moving in the right direction. Isn't it true? Yes, absolutely. And the Fitbit um, uh helped me track my water also you're right and yeah. i do drink um between 60 and 70 ounces a day and yeah. it makes a big difference it does i've got i have two so i, I drink coffee out of this and then i uh that's I, like a monster mug rick it is it is it is it's, it's my but but uh my my little uh grandchild uh mila looked in it yesterday and she says Oh, there's a lemon. <laughs> I put lemon in my water. But yeah. you, know, you can't drink enough water, as you well know. And water is really important. So if all you did is go for a long walk and drink a lot of water and start really – people don't get a good night's sleep. They get under stress and you know they'll, yes. they'll look at their phones during the night. And a lot, you know, I guess most people know this, but if you look at your phone in the middle of the night, the light has an impact on your brain yes. and it begins the waking up process making yes. it harder. So, I mean, look, if you're listening to this and you look at your phone during the night and you're having trouble sleeping, do some research on the impact of looking at light at night and what it does to sort of wake your brain up. It makes it harder to go back to sleep. So, It's the so, screen so. in particular, and that's why you shouldn't have screen time before you go to bed to begin with. Um, 
Yeah, having a routine when you go to sleep is really important. And um, as you mentioned, rest is uh, critical. And our country, unfortunately, does not value it the way other countries do. No, I mean, look, let's face it. I mean, as a as a CEO during these transformative years of technology um, adoption, um, you know, the old days of working eight to five are completely over now. People are engaged seven days a week now. And in the media industry that I was in, it was way worse because we were seven days a week, news organizations and all these things were going on. And uh, man, it was it, it, it made it so you could be connected all the time. And, you know, that's not good. I mean, the worst thing you can do, the worst thing I could do, let me just speak for myself, is get up in the middle of the night and uh, and read an email because <laughs> by the time things got to me, Paige, it was it was a it was a problem. I mean, it had gone through a bunch of layers, and you know that's why people said, you know, why do you why do you get up so early? When I was working, I would get up at three thirty in the morning. That's the, that was my time to get up, and so I'd go to bed early, you know, eight thirty or so, and I would get up at three thirty, and I would work from three thirty to six thirty or seven, and just answering emails. In fact, one of the or, you know oftentimes for, for people who who didn't know that was my pattern, I would have to tell them, don't you get up at 3.30. That's not your pattern. They would see me sending them emails at, you know, 3.45, and they would feel a need to answer because, you know, they wanted to meet my expectation. But I literally had to say to them, don't get up to answer my emails. I mean, I, that's when I find quality time. That's when I find creativity. I'm not expecting you to do that. I know that's not really normal. That's <laughs> not normal to be up at 3.30 in the morning working. But that's just what I did. Yeah. And on weekends, I did the same thing. I'd get up at 3.30. And by the time my kids woke up on weekends, like 7 or 7.30, my work would be done. And my goal was to make it so on weekends, they didn't see my work. That was kind of my goal. And, uh, you know, I, I think I did fairly well at that. I was away from home a lot. But at the end of the day, they didn't see that work. But enough about all that. But it is, man, you know, it's good to be able to share our experiences as it relates to this because, you know, I struggled with it. I'm sure you did along the way. You probably still do. It's hard. It's hard to find balance in this technological age we're in, isn't it? Oh, very hard. And I have trouble um, getting into the deep sleep. And so I, I don't always get real rest. It's not about the number of hours I'm in the bed. It's about the quality of sleep. And it is. Um, I internalize in such a way that that can be a problem. But I've never had an ulcer. So I, I guess it's a trade-off. Yeah. I have. I have. In fact, I'll tell you about that when we come back. And then we'll talk about Greg Cronin and Jerry St. Pay being added to the Coastal Mississippi yes. Tourism Commission. And then we'll talk about the latest of the chamber. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Paige Roberts. Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. I have Paige Roberts, who's CEO of the Jackson County Chamber, with me. And when we went to a break, we were just kind of sharing notes about our own journeys to try to stay healthy. And uh, what she mentioned is she said she didn't have an ulcer. I ha- actually got one, Paige. And it was a scary moment, actually. Uh, I got a chest pain. And because of family history and all, it was really scared me. And it was on a Sunday morning, and I told Ann, I knew it was a former paramedic. I knew what it meant when I told him what was going on, <clears throat> that we would end up in the hospital. And and I we did go to the hospital, and they immediately you know, ran all the protocols related to heart situation. And <clears throat> I was in the hospital for about four or five days, actually, and they ran a bunch of tests and found um, found a really bad ulcer. And it was really certainly the the pace that I was on for many, many years, starting with Hurricane Katrina and then from that that point forward. But it was also every night before I went to bed, I'd eat an orange, which you're not supposed to do, obviously. (laughs) And the other thing is because I loved – I ate really good, actually, but I love spicy food. And I I took a whole anison because of family history. And doctors said, get off the anison, stop drinking, stop stop eating an orange before you go to bed at night and uh, don't drink coffee on an empty stomach and try to get a good night's sleep and i literally did that and all all as well but it was in that moment literally in that moment that i told ann that told my doctor and then ultimately told my employer that i am retiring i decided that i'm not gonna let my work kill me and i and i set them in motion a set of circumstances that two years and six months later enabled me to retire so that was the that, that ulster is what kind of led the way for me to retire ultimately i got i got well i don't have any issues around any of that anymore thank god so uh page i mentioned about greg cronin and jerry st pay and in fact for people who don't know jerry st pay the former ceo of ingles and uh, man i mean literally literally a living le- uh, leg a legend here in Mississippi in terms of leadership, uh, former gaming chairman. I mean, this guy brings tremendous expertise and experience to the Coastal Mississippi Tourism Board. But I posted my conversation with Jerry, an hour-long conversation. He's written a book about his life. Um, he will bring clarity to board governance as others continue to work on legislative changes. But I'm excited about Jerry joining that group and Greg Cronin as well. Um, you know, former banking executive. I think it's going to be terrific uh, uh, duo going into that scenario. Don't you think? Oh, I I love Jerry and Greg both. I work closely with them. I you know Jerry and I uh, sort sort of. Um, uh, spirit uh, spiritually connected with our backgrounds in journalism like yours and then working into other positions. Uh, he has a fantastic story um, and really is a living legend. I I look to him as a father figure, actually. Um, I go to him for advice and, and really adore him. And then Greg, I've gotten to know more closely um, through my work here at the Chamber and have a great deal of respect for him as well. Um, Having grown up in Moss Point, his dad was a school superintendent for years and and now he's, of course, the president of the bank and and a real great uh, leader here in the community. Yeah, it's going to be great to watch him in action, and I look forward to staying in touch with both of them. So the, you got, you've been actually part of this One Coast uh, vaccine effort. Tell me more about that. 
Sure. Two shots, one coast. The uh, Gulf Coast Business Council, uh, Ashley Edwards and Ben Hunter uh, and the chamber, uh, me in particular, uh, with uh, Chevron and Singing River Health System, came together back over the summer uh, looking at our vaccine rates and just being so dismayed at not only the state's uh, low rate, but the three coastal counties. And so through this process of over several months, we find ourselves here where people can go to two two shots, one coast, uh, the numeral two and the numeral one, and sign up for a drawing. Um, the first drawing is for anyone who's been vaccinated. Five winners next week will be chosen to win $2,500 each, but weeks two, three, and four are for the newly vaccinated. And this is where the incentive comes in, where you can be one of five each week who win $2,500. And then the grand prize is for everyone, again, who's been vaccinated, five winners for $10,000 each, which happens to be the week of Thanksgiving to kick off holiday shopping. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's meant to really send a message, Ricky, um, to the to people outside the area um, that we take uh, our health and safety here uh, seriously, and we want to provide a safe and healthy environment for our visitors and also um, for uh, all of all of us living here on the coast. Well, congratulations on you guys putting that together. I remember having uh, John Hairston from from uh, Hancock Whitney a few months ago when they had launched their internal program. And I thought, wow, that's a great idea. It's very similar to what you guys are doing. And hopefully it will encourage people to go ahead and get the shot and uh, and, and move forward. So, hey, look, it's uh, it's been a while since we talked. What's What's hot on your list these days? Well, two shots, one coast is a big one uh, because I'm helping run that. Um, so there's there's that. There is downtown revitalization. The Pascagoula Redevelopment Authority just met this morning. Um, and my work with the city of Moss Point, it's also GCRF season for the Gulf Coast Restoration Funding. Um, and the first hearing is at the end of the month. So Brian Fulton, the county administrator, and I will track those Jackson County projects to try to see them through to funding by the end of the legislative session there in March. Um, and then uh, we're also working very closely with the Economic Development Foundation. We're going to be celebrating National Apprenticeship Week in November, um, which uh, we have many apprenticeship programs across Jackson County. And Ryan Miller, the new executive director of Accelerate Mississippi, will be speaking. He's someone you should probably have on your show. Accelerate Mississippi is a, a new office of workforce development for the Magnolia State, and he's um, new to that position. And it's just all of this um, synchronizing of um, education and workforce development and providing that pipeline uh, of the appropriate workforce all along the coast. That's really, that's really exciting. I was reading something. I actually passed it to some of my gaming friends this morning, an article about the gaming community and how there's a resurgence. There's a lot of positive belief 
and where the business is headed forward. And if you really, if you talk to someone at Ingalls or Chevron or any business, really, they feel the hope of the economic situation. But the biggest caveat was this. And I bet it's true for every single every single business. The supply supply uh, side issues are huge. You know that's that's a big issue. Uh, the whole notion of employees and and getting employees, getting people who are good fits in the organization with the right kind of skill sets. Um, and I mean, you know, the cost of fuel. <laughs> I mean, the list goes on and on. But it is a shame that we're having to, you know, we're coming out of this, out of the pandemic for, for to some degree. And then you've got all these supply chain and all these other issues that businesses are having to face. There is no rest for the weary, is there? No. In fact, in our um, development um, revitalization effort that's going on here, one of the developers who has, has, these beautiful lofts at the Oddfellows building is waiting for windows. And the residents who have signed up, the renters finally said, we don't care about the windows. I mean, there's plexiglass there right now. We just want to move in. But it's been 20 weeks he's been waiting for these windows. Um, So yeah, supply chain and getting enough people to work are the two biggest struggles. Um, And yet there's so much work that's can to be done. And that that's positive. So yeah, it's one step forward, a couple back, a few more forward. It's it's quite a journey. So, so what are you hearing these days generally about labor shortages? <laughs> that everyone has them. It doesn't matter what the, the employment field is, that we need workers. We need people to work and that if they can just get people to show up, they'll train them the way they need to be trained. Um, As you know, Ingalls, I think, is looking to uh, hire 5,500 people by Christmas of 22. That's a lot of people. And that's just one employer. Halter Marine is also looking. And then all of the other smaller uh, groups from the Lowe's to the restaurants. Um, It's hard to have a community without workers. It is. Look, there was a study done about midway through the pandemic, we may have talked about it here, but we're 40% of existing workers were thinking about leaving. And now here we are. So not only are we having trouble finding new employees, we have a lot of people, there's a lot of churn in the workforce now when people try to find where we're going. Last thought, Paige, before we end this section. Just that we continue to keep a positive outlook. I know that that's a big theme of your show, Ricky. And so we do keep grinding. Churning is a good word uh, to use, but that we do keep moving forward um, for the betterment of of the community. Coastal Mississippi is a great place to live, a great place to live. Come here, enjoy it, find a job. There's a great opportunity out there. Paige Roberts, thanks for joining me this morning. Thanks, Ricky. And we'll see you. We'll be back after this break. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.